Hi, and welcome to the Church Plant Chat podcast, season two. My name's Paul. I'm a UK-based church leader. And I'm Malcolm, a cross-cultural missionary. And this is a UK-based podcast focusing on aspects of leadership and church planting with Jesus at the centre. You can connect with us on all social media platforms by using the handle Church Plant Chat, or you can email us at churchplantchat at gmail.com. We're really looking forward to today's conversation. Hope you'll enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Church Plant Chat. It's Paul here, and uh, today is one of our special guest episodes. I have Matt Hooper with me. A couple of weeks ago, we had his wife, Claire, with us, uh, talking about her leadership experience and about Kingdom Company Church. And today, we have her husband, Matt, with us. Matt, hi. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. I'm doing really good, mate. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Um, Matt, let, let's jump straight in. Um, who is Matt Hooper? <laughs> well <laughs> I shall refer to myself in the third person now no honestly speaking of myself in the third person Matt Hooper was born in Wales no. that'd be amazing uh, yeah so a Welsh person so I'm not as devastated as perhaps an English person might be today you know we are broadcasting and recording the day after the Euro final oh we are you we know are. I am in England and I have great sympathy but I think um <laughs> It would be a different kettle of fish if it was Wales, uh, because I'm a Welshman. I grew up in church, got saved in the Salvation Army and spent a long time just in, in different types of churches, really growing up. And um very grateful for that kind of patchwork experience um, and uh, love music, w- wanted to be in a band, was in a band for a while and um, had a f- strong sense to, that God was asking me to uh, come and be involved in ministry, which I was slightly reluctant to do. But um, <laughs> I've been in full-time ministry for, I think, 18 years now. And um, I'm, I'm actually more excited genuinely than ever about um, what we can do next uh, because there's so much, it, I don't want to be indelicate, but chaos is opportunity. <laughs> and um, I know that for many people, chaos has been really, really painful and it is and I think we owe it to the people who've gone through what they've gone through in this last number of years, especially with in the last 15, 16 months with COVID, to innovate and to create churches that are fit for purpose and are really um, going to bring the life of the Holy Spirit into local communities. So I'm actually very excited about the opportunities that we're currently living in yeah yeah god god's always going to bring good out of yeah. that chaos isn't he i yeah. believe so yeah that's awesome that's exciting and so today we with claire we had kind of like an overview of lots of different kingdom company stuff and some mm-hmm. of her previous experiences coupled with what you guys are going through now at kingdom company church and so i thought today it might be interesting to um look at you know what what's the inner life of a planter all about what goes through your head as a planter um what's a day in the life of a of a kingdom company church planter uh, at least i suppose uh you know and all those different things you know because i'm i'm preparing to plant and already just as the time approaches for us to move house and join a new team all sorts of things are starting to fill my mind, mostly fear. 
you know, but uh, yeah, I, I would love to dive into that as much as you're able to yeah. and, um, and hear about, I suppose we can start with what was your journey to planting? Was it always on the agenda from when you first entered ministry 18 years ago? Is it a new thing that's been birthed in you along the way? Um, yeah, we'd love to hear yeah, some Great of that. question, man. Mm. Um, I think uh, as in our dating relationship, Claire and I would always talk about uh, things that hadn't been done. And I think we were probably classically pioneery type people, but neither of us had ever had a desire to plant a church. And um, I was quite happy at one point, you know, uh, innovating within something. Um, I found that quite helpful. Claire would be very similar. And um, in about, we were part of a larger church up here in Yorkshire and um, very established. And there are different, I think you and I spoke about before, there are different dynamics in an established church than there are in a, something that's a brand new expression of church. And so I enjoyed being in the established church. There was much more safety, much more stability. But a friend of mine from an Anglican church, actually, um, in London, gave me a prophetic word in 2015 about um, being a leader and a senior leader in a church. And it bothered me, as good prophetic words do. Uh, we don't know if we like them. They irritate us a little bit. We're not sure <laughs> if we're in agreement with them. But yeah. um, it began to sort of unfold, really. Um, this, this, it was never our intention to plan, but we had the more that I, uh, the longer I'm alive, the more I see it's almost an, I think it's a necessity. Mm. I don't think it's, I see it as, um, as fitness and health and, you know, mental health and well-being. It's a necessity to plant more churches. Yeah. It's not really something that we have to wait for something comfortable you know, and a comfortable set of events to happen. I think it's, so there was part of a pragmatism in it as well, for me, as well as a, a definite shoulder tap from God. Um, and then we played uh, and, and, and done community work in the area of Manchester called the Northern Quarter. And every, we've sensed our time at uh, Life Church was coming to an end and, and I was drawn to the Northern Quarter and just kept driving around and feeling extremely passionate about that part of the city and the city of Manchester and to move back there. And so we, it's not our first adventure. It's not our first, we're four in our mid forties. So it's nothing we know. We, we, we think we, we have a good sense of when God's nudging us mm. and you would hope so in your mid forties. <laughs> if you're 22 yeah. and you've never heard God speak to you about something, it's fine. But it's like by 45, 46, you should be, you should know when God's nudging you, you know? So I felt yeah. like it was, a, it was a mature kind of call. It's yeah. like, okay. So yeah, it was, I never set out in my life to be a church punter. It's fiendishly difficult. Mm. <laughs> it's mental. It's really, really mental. Like, uh. but I think starting my own band, and um, doing a lot of things, innovating from scratch, as I have done a few times, has mm. probably prepared me in many ways for what we we're doing at the minute. Wow. I think that's amazing. You know, um, one of the things I'm really excited about um, within the Church of England at the moment, um, it, there's something called Myriad, which is starting, and it's, right. it's, a, it's a vision for 10,000 churches to be planted in the next few years. And amazing the way you know one of the drivers for that is the fact it will be um 
those who aren't necessarily ordained as clergy to have the opportunity to, to lead and, and be and set up these churches. And, yeah, yeah. and, um, and the fact that you're doing that, you know, um, at, you know, stepping out because there, there's a lot of people who I guess in their forties who are in established churches or in established rhythms of life wouldn't in a million years think I'm going to go and plant a church now. <laughs> like they may think, no, actually I'm going to ride it out and uh, I'm fairly comfortable where I am. And um, I like that. And I'm going to stick with that. And I, I just think it's amazing. Um, Cause can I just say for those who are listening, right. Matt and Claire do not look like they're in their forties. These guys, I don't know. They've had the elixir of life. And, and they, they do not know. I've like danced they, in the blue flame. I've danced yeah. in the blue flame. So maybe church planting's the secret. Maybe church planting's keeping you young. Uh, yeah, I totally dig what you're saying. A couple of people, one guy one we, we told him, went, wow, you're brave at your age. Which was one of those, which was like one of those, that was a double backhanded compliment. Number one, you're brave. Like I wouldn't do it. Second thing, at your age, just like cheers, man. But you can always find somebody in the kingdom of God who's a little bit crazier than you. And and I and this is I think is important for for us mm-hmm. is we found people who are higher risk takers than we were. And I immediately phoned a friend of mine when when we knew we were going to do it. He said I planted a church with two hundred quid in my bank and no job. And I was like, you're instantly crazier than me. I instantly need to hang out with you because your faith is at a different level. Yeah. I, I have a friend, I'm ordained now in the Free Methodist Church. Mm. I'm a reverend and um, <laughs> I've done some qualifications. And I believe in that too. I think you should invest yeah. in the gift that God's gifted you to do. But but um, but he's he's in his 60s and um, he planted a church wow. two years ago. Like, I just, I want to be like the Apostle Paul. It's like, just live full mm. die empty what mm. scares me is that there are a lot of people who have quietly given up mm. on adventure mm. and it's insidious and it's sneaky and it's often to do with security and fear and it's often to do with finance mm. and it is the enemy of the kingdom of god in many ways for me i think we have mm. to the older we get the more we have to lean into the will of God mm. as we know more of God. So the responsibility increases to do more for God. So the expectation of the Holy Spirit towards us, the mm. gift of grace is not just there to empower us to live a good life. It's to empower us, to e- equip us, to live the life that we're designed to live. And for us, that is what yeah. we're doing now. And God's, God's so faithful in terms of finance and resource and people. Yeah. And, um, I, I people in their 20s need people in their 40s to look up mm. to people in their 40s need people in their 60s to look up to people in their 60s need people in their 80s because we all need to see our next stage of leadership don't we yeah so takeaway for today's episode is you're never too old to plant a church oh my gosh <laughs> you know? like yeah. look at the rolling stones you know yeah. they're they're you know faintly ridiculous jumping around in Hyde Park <laughs> but you know what I just mm. think there's such a change in society at the minute of age and age-related things. It just, yeah. I mean, who says? If you've got the energy and got call of God in your life, you've got to fulfil it. 
And I do wonder if sometimes people put um, a limit on when you can plant in your whatever life stage. I wonder if they, they put these limits on themselves and others because in their minds, they're thinking, oh, well, if I've got to plant a church, it's got to be a mega church. Or if I've got to plant a church, I've got to have this many staff and I've got to have this amount of money. Or if I've got to be successful in this way. And actually, it's never really been about any of that, has it? No. <laughs> um, and, you it's know, about faithfulness, isn't it? It's about yeah. faithfulness. And um, I'm learning that from our previous experience. Mm. You know, I've grown up in smaller churches and then our last church was larger churches with a large staff. Um, there's always going to be a church bigger than yours. There's mm. always going to be a church maybe better or whatever it is you're trying to do. Mm. But there's no substitute for faithfulness. And yeah, that's really got to be our, our goal. I've done yeah. some stuff in the public eye. I've traveled to the States. I've done some stuff like that. And you realize at the end of the day, a lot of that people get on, on that journey of wanting to be successful, church successful. Mm. And it's, it's a huge distraction, I think, from often mm. what God's calling us to do, which is just to be faithful. Mm. And um, it may include expanse. And I do believe that God wants to expand our ministries, but I do think it's God who expands the ministry, not us. I heard a beautiful quote, if we will take care of the depth of our ministry, God will take care of the breadth. And uh, I, I'd say they encourage that to every, every, especially younger leaders, got more testosterone yeah. in your 20s. You want to do something <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's really interesting to hear and so with that what would you say are some of the differences you found from being in a leadership position within a established church and now you know with kingdom company and a plant are there some key differences or is it all just the same but in a different mold Um, no uh, it's very different so uh at uh, life church i could specialize and um, I could, there were more resources, more, we were more resourced, maybe financially, but definitely in terms of people and team. And I think as a church planter, you have to become more of a generalist for a while. Mm-hmm. You have to be generally six out of seven out of 10 on a lot of things. <laughs> and um, until you can find and deploy people. I think right. as a church planter, you have to... Um, strongly um focus on connection and not always on presentation i've noticed that in some churches we're so concerned about the excellence and the presentational aspect of some things that it actually gets in the way of connection sometimes it's a strange mm. thing i grew up in a church where the presentations were so amateurish and, and, and cobbled together and there wasn't any thought to it that it actually got in the way of the message but I actually think the other thing is happening at the minute is we need um, to come away from trying to be perfect and excellent and to become more interested in connection mm-hmm. and um, make, making connections with individuals. Um, and so there were certain, for me, types of like what I would call stagecraft. There's a way you speak to 100 people, 300 people, 500 people, 1,000 people. There's different ways you speak. But when you are a church planter, you need to park that. If you've ever been involved in that, you need to just forget about it. Just connect with that one person. And then finally, I think um, more and more re- relies on 
you are the greatest culture carrier in your own church. And so for me, where there were many people doing many things well at a larger church, um, you may have to begin and innovate lots of the things that you want to see and embody those things yourself rather than being able to delegate them to other people straight away. Um, so those would be sort of three things, I think, that are a standout. There's lots of other things, but I think those yeah. are the three that come to mind. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, and I can feel already the the perfectionist in me is dying a little bit because I can, <laughs> you know, because when you said the generalist thing, you know, because you, you have to let go, don't you, I suppose, and just yeah. run with what yeah. you've got. And, um, and, and trust just, God, man. And yeah. I do think if God's gifted you, like he, he's like he's gifted me, he's gifted you. He wants you to win as well. Mm. Um, but my my first priority, it feels for me, is not my own ministry or my own well, my own personal ministry well being, but is mm. to establish the church. Yeah. yeah, I love that thing where he says to Peter three times, you know, feed my sheep. Yeah, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. That's the priority. The priority is. Did you get a speaking opportunity at another church or did you get to do this thing really, really well? Mm. Like if you trust God with all of that stuff, he'll bring it in a timing that's mutual, but there's a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice, a seed in the ground that needs to go deep and needs to go into healthy soil before we can start to see the fruitfulness. Sometimes that's Mm. one of the things that I've learned especially over lockdown where mm. so many of our plans have been trashed <laughs> and yeah. had a choice to make to either get bitter and miserable or to sort of fight that urge and mm. to become, all right then, well, we're not going to do that anymore. Let's see if we can come up with another. <laughs> and yeah. we went on online and, and started a YouTube channel, which was never in my plan. <laughs> oh. was. Was it overwhelming? So you came from presumably a, a big team, like you said, with resources and I'm sure many agendas and good programs and structures, which is all, you know, can be really positive stuff. Yep. Um, yep. Was it hard then going into a planting situation where a lot of the initial work is on you guys? Was it hard to avoid um, just doing absolutely everything yourselves? rather than delegating tasks or responsibility or is it just part of the course that actually for the first six months you have to do everything yourselves and then um because i know claire spoke about um from day one you gave everyone an opportunity to be on team if you like which i thought was just awesome um so what am i trying to get at i suppose i'm trying to get at because one of the things i'm nervous about is i when when i go into plant not going full steam ahead and setting things up that only I can do because yeah. of, because of my impatience to get things done. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah, um, that's great. And so how, Oh, what's a good tip for, for, for you, <laughs> with you guys, you know, you want to go in, you want to do some stuff and then actually, a year in you realize oh i've just created a structure here which is limited by myself because i actually haven't taken the time to get team to help me out and therefore 
Yeah. I've limited the church growth and I've limited my capacity. And now I'm stuck in a rut. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, no, those yeah. are excellent questions and excellent um, tensions to be managed because mm. there are times where only you can do something and you mm. do absolutely need to do it. Um, <clears throat> I think great piece of wisdom is to speak to church planters and find out how they did it, especially the ones who are open and honest about their failures. Um, for example, I think for me, I made a lot of assumptions about things in church and when they didn't manifest, like, for example, we haven't attracted at the minute a great amount of um, project manager, sort of Enneagram 3 type people, which my I personally am desperate for. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, because it means that lots of the administration, the detail of things like setting up a charity, booking venues, um, let me think what else, policies and procedures that need to be written are going to fall somewhat on my desk. But my greatest gift is to find people who are better than me. So I am good relationally. I am a good connector. I enjoy people. And so what I've had to learn to do is to listen and learn and watch and observe and then invite people in. Claire's very good at that as well, to invite people in to take responsibility, but not to um, over-define it for them and not to over-spiritualize it either. I hate that stuff. Well, God's really told me that, you know, you're going to be a really, it's like, leave it alone, man. Just ask people if they can help with this task. Yeah. Let's just lower the whole thing. <laughs> take, take, just just yeah. don't be weird with it. Just lower the task. Say. So yeah. people said, oh, because I've, I've been in worship ministry for a long time. And um, people say, oh, of course, you know, you're, you're going to be a worship. Your church is going to be full of worship. And I'm like, I, I had to learn to say, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Because that would be an assumption that's, well, of course. It's like, well, we, well, we don't know what God wants to do yet. Mm. And so I would love to see it you know, a new expression of sort of regional worship in Manchester, right? Fine. But that not might not necessarily be what God wants yet. And certainly not in the time that I would do it. He might be much more concerned about our safe. I would imagine he's much more concerned about our safeguarding policies <laughs> and the way we treat vulnerable people <laughs> than he is about us putting out a single in six months' time. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, th- I, I think it's, it's important to sort of, if you're an idealist, I'm a little bit of a romantic, is to have pragmatic people to, to be, to, to be, to rub up against you in a good way. So that mm-hmm. allows you to think more practically. And I, I think the key thing that I've learned from, from church planting is um, relationships. Your resources are in your relationships. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have to know. I only have to know somebody who knows more than me. Yeah. And then I can, and I know a lot of people who are wiser and smarter than me. And I, I've got people I go to for finance. I've got people I go to for governance. I've got people I go to for music. I've got people I go to for preaching. I've got people, I surround myself with people who are, <clears throat> um, are different and who are more gifted. I was wondering, um, as a, as a planter, um, is there a prayer that you find yourself? Is there one particular prayer you find yourself praying regularly? Or, you know, 
is is that really a planter's prayer is that just a church leader's prayer or just a christian's <laughs> prayer am i trying to categorize it too much you know um, no i hear what you're saying yeah. i think there's two things people ask you for prayer and it's always <laughs> tempted to ask for money <laughs> I said, just send me money i don't just don't worry about it more money please but uh, but but that's very shallow and um but it is my first instinct sorry <laughs> help me jesus um the 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 two things i pray a lot for and I ask people to pray for when they do ask is our wisdom and courage i find myself needing those things um the courage to do what needs to be done and the wisdom to know how to do it. And then the wisdom to know what needs to be done and the courage to do it. <laughs> it's the same stuff. Yeah. It's sort of like <laughs> two, two parts of the same coin. So those are my prayers. Um, yeah. uh, there's a kind of courage that I've needed in the last 15 months, more than ever, I think, uh, which is an enduring sort of persevering, I think, Eugene Peterson calls it a long obedience in the same direction. Hmm. Do you know you're the second person today to use that quote that I've spoken to? Huh. Yeah. And funnily enough, the other person's a colleague of mine who's a church planter, and he used exactly the same quote um, for a struggle he's going through at the moment at his church. Wow. Um, sorry, I just it, it just struck me. Yeah, Eugene's, uh, Eugene's got away with words, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he did. Bless him. Yeah. So those are the two things. Mm, that's really good. So that's so that struck me the fact that two planters I know in completely different contexts, completely different planting situations. He's he's um, a pioneer um, on on a on an estate and um, and uh, and hasn't done a huge amount digitally. Interestingly, he's done Zoom with his church family quite a lot. Anyway, I won't go into the details of what he was sharing, but I wonder if there's something about planting with that, you know, being obedient down that road um, kind of thing, um, which for whatever reason, I mean, hey, I'm sure most church leaders go through that, right? I mean, um, yeah, but- there must be seasons where you want to, times you want to quit and times where you want to bail or you want to throw, you know, do things your way. Or there's a you know there's a there's a not yet mm. uh, moment you know yeah in in, in God's timing is not yet mm. which um, what's really encouraging yeah. about it is you've both used that quote and maybe you've both used that um, theme with prayer and yet you're both still really passionate and enthusiastic oh, okay. and both still smiling. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really cool (laughs) i i well for me um there's a the grace to do what god's asked you to do Mm. is is or or should always be sort of accompanied by a kind of peace really Mm. um and um yeah i know Mm. it sounds maybe sounds super spiritual but i it's maybe it is odd maybe for some people, but to stay in a place where I feel like I'm personally compromising, atrophying, 
not advancing something is more painful than the pain of making stuff up from scratch. Uh, I think um, that's more I'm more wired for. And um, yeah, so to stay in a location that's well managed and well cultivated and all of that, I'm like, oh, where's the chaos? Where where do we where's not been done before? Where can we start something new? And I yeah. often don't count the cost adequately mm. uh, be, because I think I'm a idealist by nature. But Claire and I said, 2018, are you ready to lose it? We prayed a prayer in bread. Are you ready to lose it all? <laughs> and we, we've done that about two or three times in our life. Mm. And um, and we both said, yeah, let's, let's do it. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you often hear, you think you'll pay the price once in your life, but actually in the, in the kingdom, it, it's a reoccurring thing. <laughs> so, you know, mm. it's a reoccurring thing, isn't it? You think, ah, oh. mm. maybe sometimes we feel more um, aware of it than, than others, but, but, mm. but, uh, but now we're definitely at the beginning of an, of, a, of, of an adventure. Yeah. I'm just going to close the door here. It's a little bit sure. noisy. Carry on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose this is uh, this is quite a personal question, um, but quite often um, the planters I've spoken to either planted in the past when their kids were little, or they're planting now when their kids were little. You guys, your kids are um, a bit older, aren't they? Um, um, so I was just wondering, what's that been like for them? That you, you know, you guys embarking on this adventure now at this point in your life, um, if it's all right for me to ask ask that. Of course, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. a great question. Um, so when we, <laughs> when we told them, um, the three with three children, Judas twenty one now, so um, Sam is nineteen and uh, Gracie is fifteen. They'd all grown up in a very sort of regulated church experience. <clears throat> None of them had seen. You know, Claire and I had done mission trips to Bosnia and they'd never seen any of that stuff. <laughs> uh, so they're used to, you know, coffee shops and the backstage passes and, um, you know, playing on really expensive guitars and having yeah. in-ear monitors and stuff. You know what I mean? It's like... Mm. And, um, <clears throat> but at home, we, you know, we, we weren't bougie by any stretch, I don't think, but they certainly had a certain comfortability in their life. So we sort of said, we sat them down, we said, look, we're going to do this thing. We're going on a basically like a big adventure of faith. And um, we, what I said, but I want you to know that we used to do this when you were really little. In fact, the way, the way we got to Bradford was by doing this. <laughs> so it might feel counter, might, might feel difficult for you guys at the minute, but it's happening and we're in peace about it and we're looking forward to it. So Judah, our oldest, was fine with it straight away, went to bed. He's been nothing but supportive all the way. I understands it. Um, he's got a strong faith of his own. Mm. And um, yeah, he's great. Sam was a bit more business and um, he had concerns, financially, con- financial concerns, which he raised with us strongly. All right. <laughs> and, and our youngest daughter at the time, when she's three years ago, she'd be about 12. She was quite concerned that she wouldn't be able to go backstage at women's conferences anymore. And I was just like, 
this is exactly why we're planting because there's more <laughs> for you than flipping yeah. green rooms <laughs> and meeting, you know, yeah. like doing salsas and, uh, uh, you know, and it was great and we're grateful for it. But look, you know, mm. I, I think the kingdom's advance is often found in disruption, isn't it? And, mm. and it'd be, you know, so I pray that God, how do I, especially with Sam, who was, uh, he was quite concerned. And I, and I remember my dad, I remember the feeling of like God disrupting family life. And I wanted to model it in a way that we were welcoming the disruption of the kingdom mm. rather than being afraid of what it might do to us. <laughs> and so I was, I was like praying, you know, God, how do we, how do I articulate this to him? And, and there was two passages of scripture, one in Genesis where Abraham, <laughs> what I call, go into the land I will show you. It's like, <laughs> what even is that? Go into the <laughs> land I will show you. I mean, it's so vague, isn't it? <laughs> what does that even mean? Can you imagine <laughs> coming down to breakfast and explaining that to your wife? <laughs> I could think of a few answers she'd come back with. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Go back upstairs and find out the land that you're... you're, You know, and it would be be totally right. Uh, Yeah, get on Google Maps. (laughs) Get some GPS and let's come back to me with a budget. And and then there's this other one in um, Acts 16, which I love dearly very much. Paul is trying to plant a church and he can't. He doesn't doesn't really know what he's doing, I think. And the Holy Spirit prevents him from going somewhere. And then the spirit of Jesus prevents him going somewhere else. And then Mm. he gets a dream of a man from Macedonia, you know it. And um, Mm. he meets Lydia and Lydia opens this gateway to Europe, which is the reason we're even having this conversation is because Paul got redirected Mm. twice. Um, and now we have churches all across Europe because mm. of Paul's, you know, kind of having a go attitude, a plant in the church. And I, I explained that to Sam. I said, this, these journeys of faith can feel impressionistic. They, they don't always, always have a lot of detail, but you have to step out in order to sort of initiate. You go first and God, it's a weird thing. Of course, God's gone ahead of us, but at some point we have to activate the mm. call of God, you know, we have to yeah, participate. Yeah. And so they've been great. Um, mm. They, they, we've talked more honestly and openly than we've ever done. They've managed to maintain lots of their friendships. Judah is in university and he currently goes to about three churches, I think. <laughs> Just as mm. his old church and his new one in Manchester, and uh, which he's going along to at the minute. Sam's hopping between two churches, enjoying it with all the friendships. It's they've made the most of the chaos of lockdown to do that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we've said, look, wherever you want to go, you know, we'll encourage you to do it. But it certainly helped them to embrace personal responsibility for their faith, which mm. you would hope at 21 and 18, 19, that's exactly what parents should be teaching them. Yeah. Um, but I like, I think like you mentioned earlier, your dad planted a church and you watched your dad, blah, blah, blah. And I, mm-hmm. I, I love that stuff. I think that there's something very powerful when faith infuses a family and mm-hmm. they go through these things together. Mm-hmm. We did that. And my dad, you know, would share the call of God with us. And we would be like, oof, wow, dad, well, best of luck. 
So <laughs> I think they've been all right. I think the kids, when they're little, are portable and they can't argue back. But um, <laughs> yeah. but there's something beautiful about a robust conversation with a teenager about the purpose of God. And then there's nothing like watching your mum and dad trying to live out the call of God in their life. I think it's, mm. I think that's something that's just fantastic. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I know, no you know, when it comes to families, it's vulnerable stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah. But that, so that's really um, amazing. And I wonder um, the things, or maybe they didn't um, depending on, on what you're like and I suppose how you cope with stress and stuff, the things that kept you up at night mm-hmm. back uh, maybe near where you first began leadership and were working within a, a larger church whatever the things that kept you up at night then what are they are they the same things that would keep you up at night now that you're planting <laughs> or is it completely different uh, stuff this similar so i would have a huge uh, uh working continually through um people pleasing mm-hmm I'm uh, very concerned about what people think about me mm. and um, do not want to be <sighs> not liked mm. and don't want to do things that are awkward. And so there was a lot of that in my early years. I was overly concerned more. These days I'm less concerned, but it's still a thing. Mm. And then the things that keep me up at night, I would strongly battle with wanting to control outcomes and with the financial faith stretch um that's definitely got better there's some things god's good there's some things you should leave alone for another day some battles to be fought in the future but there's mm-hmm. sometimes where god goes no now we fight this now mm-hmm. we we wrestle this now and mm-hmm. um and i think there are the other thing i'm learning about following christ we were chatting about it with somebody the other day some temptations or some battles you beat them and it's like you never see that giant again it feels like and then there's some giants that just come around every day knock on your door and you just like you again <laughs> unbelievable yeah like unbelievable man what is it with you and you have to just rise up rise up daily and just go again mm. <laughs> and there's something about that about uh, what people think what people will think and um, will we be okay? Mm. And um, will we, will it work? Mm. Will I let people down? Those sorts of things. Mm. Um, and then the other thing is, what if we don't? That's even worse. That just gives me feel. If we don't do something, if we don't do something about the state of uh, spirituality in this country, mm. I cannot live with myself. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do nothing. Got to do something. And so I, and then I often feel the pleasure of God there in that moment. Cause Mm. that sounds like, that sounds like something that those early apostles did. We've got to do something. Yeah. Got to have a go. Got to have a go. Yeah. We get shot down in flames. We get shot down in flames, but I can't go out. Is it that song? I ain't going out like that. Like yeah. I ain't going out like nothing, mm. just beige and disappearing, watching telly all day or yeah. just. Ah. Yeah, I spoke to um, 
a, a lovely couple who have planted a church and um, the opportunity to plant this particular church came up and um, they kind of said, well, if we don't have a go now, if we don't have a go now, then when, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, today's the day kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I wonder if that's a, <clears throat> a distinctive strand of DNA, maybe in pioneers or planters or, Again, yeah. maybe I'm trying to categorize it too much. Um, no, I think it is. But... I think you're looking for types, aren't you? And styles mm. and types of people. And and I definitely am hanging around with a different kind of person now. Mm. And I need the I need the sound of other, like we said, I need the mm. sound of people crazier than me, more risk, <laughs> more tolerant of risk, more adventurous. Mm. You know, Andy Hawthorne in Manchester is just, you know, just go down to the message trust. And then, and then tell yourself what can't be done after what you just seen the message trust do over 25 years. It's like, sometimes you just need to be around people who've done crazy things and, um, and then the faith can rise up and um, hope can, you know, rise up. Mm-hmm. I think we're dealing with, we're going to deal with a lot of disappointment and a lot of, um, and a lot of, uh, yeah, just a lot of disappointment in, in Christians at the minute, many Christians have been not been given a a gospel that allows suffering or endurance. They've been given a very one sided gospel, especially in the kind of circles I would move in. And so we have to build advert. We have to build um, <clears throat> perseverance, endurance, um, resilience into our church churches and. Uh, you know, consistency. We go again next Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I know there was only however many people there. I know that. Yeah. But we got, we're going, we're going to go again because that's how the kingdom works. Uh, yeah. So, so I think I'm probably of that age where, you know, I'm a dad, <laughs> you know, we do our homework until the homework's done. And, yeah. you know, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, it's maybe I'm, maybe I'm that age where maybe it's that my stage of life where, it's easier for me to say that. I probably wouldn't have said that when I was 22. <laughs> Give me three weeks. And if it doesn't work, just forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's good. <clears throat> it's really interesting to hear. Um, and so, you know, speaking of, you know, being a dad, you know, you're a husband too, and you and Claire, your wife, you lead together. You've touched on it here and there, but what, what's it like um, leading with your spouse you know you guys are we were chatting um before the recording you know you're very different personality types and mm. you're able to talk us through just some of the the week-to-week kind of uh habits i suppose of of a couple that lead together like you do yeah yeah i'll try <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it's a bit of a vague I, question sorry no it's a beautiful <laughs> question no I, it's so for us it's so um it's so uh it's been the greatest yeah it's been the it's been one of the biggest i don't want to say challenges because it's more enriching than that mm. but it, there's so much there's so many layers to to what i wanted to say but I, let me see if i can just wrap through my brain and think of a mm-hmm. of a decent um a, a answer 
I think self-awareness has been really crucial and is mm. continuing to be really crucial in our journey. So boundaries have been very, very important to us. Knowing who we are individually and then bringing the strength to the project of plant, planting a church has been very important. Because we've worked together together for a long time, we're currently in a situation where we're some of the things that we're going through at the minute are a little bit triggering because we've done it for so long. We know how we used to do things. Right. So the key thing is to allow each other to change and evolve. Hmm. So my more direct, more visionary, more um, uh, apostolic, you know, I wake up in the morning with an idea. I don't need... I've already, if I have an idea, I usually have the energy to see it through. Claire is a much more radial leader where she sees and feels lots of people's opinions. And so the journey of how we lead that together has been, is, is, is an ongoing daily thing. But I think the growing self-awareness, understanding each other's responsibilities within the church, Claire has clear boundaries. I have clear boundaries. Um, and in what we do next, my strengths are going to come to the fore. We've both agreed that it will happen for a period. It needs organizing. It needs strategizing. It needs direction. We need to be able to say no to things. We need to be clear. We need to be consistent. We need to be hardworking. Some of those stuff is more the drive that I have, whereas Claire is much less concerned by timescales, budgets, and uh, you know, it's, it's fantastic to watch. So, key key case in point, we put a new patio in outside. Sam and I did the heavy lifting of putting the stones in. We had a friend in who project managed the whole thing, and then Claire makes the patio look fantastic. <laughs> Claire's gift for building atmosphere and environment. Claire's gift for um, training and equipping and finding out what's great in people is just exemplary. Mm. I need to make sure that we've got the money and the person power and the flagstones to make sure the patio gets mm. done in the first place. I, I've done some life coaching as well, which has been really, really helpful. And I recommend every leader. I, I, I've had counseling and therapy, but I, life coaching for me at my stage of life now, I would not be without it. It's too important that my brain keeps moving. And I'm 46 and my brain is going to resist change. It's going to resist innovation. It's going to resist difficulty. And so I need to keep accountable for my neurological habits in the way that I think and process stuff. Um, and I think that has been a really helpful addition to our, I'm trying to unlearn some things I learned, but I'm also trying to learn new things to replace them. <laughs> and I'm also trying to stay happily married to my wife, who's also trying to unlearn things and learn new things. Wow. So we're going to need all the coaching that we can get, right? And um, yeah. so I, that's been a huge thing. So know your strengths, know your limitations, self-awareness. Number two, put some strong boundaries and manage those boundaries for the sake of each other. Thirdly, mm. invest in some coaching and some um, some new ways of thinking and process. And like you're doing here with inviting conversation and mm. stimulus from outside, I think that's the way that we're going to learn and grow in a healthy way. Um, mm. She doesn't want to preach every week. Um, 
she wants to raise up teams and do other things. She doesn't like long extended times of worship. <laughs> and you're the you know, worship leader. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, can we keep you on the front row? And come on now, let's go. Like, I got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it's just a great, yeah. it's just really enjoyable. Like when we learn to do it right. And um, we're, we're continuing. Uh, I think we're getting better, but mm. there's been times where it has been chaotic and really, really quite painful, but we've moved past that now. I can talk yeah. to you about, I don't mind talking about the, the chaos. It was when I was very controlling and very dominant and very um, fearful. And I mm. had to let a lot of that stuff go in order to allow Claire to thrive mm. in her um, in her gift, giftedness and ability. That's, that's amazing. And thank you for being so honest and vulnerable with sharing that. And it's, I love what you're saying about giving each other room to grow yeah. In, into the leadership roles that you have as well. Because I think quite often I heard somebody else say it on some leadership thing and it stuck with me so often emerging leaders, you know, or, or even if you've been leading for a long time, you see where another leader is and they're like 40 to 50 years into their ministry. Like they're, they're well and truly into the groove <laughs> and you're maybe, I don't know, five or 10 years in and you're thinking, oh, I should be able to do all that yeah. stuff now <laughs> like th- that they've spent a lifetime, <laughs> you know, walking that walk to get to. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and that, I suppose comparison's part of that and all sorts of things yeah. are part of that. Um, yeah. But I heard a HTB preach uh i think it was at htb and they were saying they were talking about burnout and i think he was saying one of the reasons like you have to make sure you look after yourself and those around you as to in order to thrive in ministry is because he was convinced that the best years of your ministry are are probably going to be in your 50s and 60s (laughs) (laughs) which i'm sure many would disagree with and understandably so that's fine but I think the point he was trying to make, you know, I suppose, is actually by that point in your experience and life stage, you've probably learned a thing or two and therefore you've got yeah. more to offer people. Um, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I can start to see the effectiveness of that. I, I, can, I can see how we would arrive to that conclusion. Mm. I, I think about the chaos of having little kids and trying to do full-time jobs. Claire was, you know, we, we, we definitely is a great word we'll, we've learned in our house over the last few years. It's, and it's something that I guard against. It's called overperforming. Mm. And it's you know, somebody said to me the other day, oh, it must be difficult being a church plant. You're on call all the time. I was like, nope. <laughs> you are joking. <laughs> There's no way I'm on call all the time. Mm. Like a church leader, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counsellor. I, I can't speak to lots of things that are going on in society because I'm, I have, I, we ourselves, why do we think as a church, we have to be experts at everything? Yeah. Like we're supposed to be building communities of faith and preaching the good news. That's what we do. Yeah. There's therapists over here. There's doctors <laughs> over here. There's, yeah. you know, hospitals over here. There's um, builders and plumbers and like, we're a part of the community. And mm. um, I refuse to be um, manipulated or, um, designated a role that is outside my mm. ability to fulfill i'm not and i think that 
I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I think that will promote a health of expectation. Mm. Um, it's, that's not me, man. That's not what you want. You, I won't be any good for you there, but let me help you connect you with somebody who is good. Yeah. So even the last few, few years I've given away, like, yeah, I recommend this therapist. I recommend this counsellor for that. Now, like, I touched mm. on the subject. It might be a bit difficult for you, and I appreciate that. Here's what I'm going to do. This person really helped me overcome that stuff. That's the best piece of wisdom I can give you. And being really comfortable with that and not overperforming. And we definitely overperformed in our tw- in our 20s and 30s. We overextended ourselves. We did things from a sense of uh, fear of what other people might think of us or um, not understand. Yeah, taking false responsibility. It's not, you know, Henry Cloud's got some great stuff on that. I love that guy. Yeah. And I, yeah. I found his stuff really, really helpful. Yeah. Uh, Matt, that is, that is so um, liberating to hear that, actually, because I think you do. And I think because there's so much overlap, I think, with planting, especially at the beginning from what I'm seeing and learning from others. And even you said today, you have to be a generalist. And I suppose when you take on that generalist role and you're dipping into <clears> lots of different things, it's being really strict for yourself, I suppose. And yeah, I'm a generalist, but I'm also not going to be an expert in all these other fields. And, you know, I have to remind myself, you know, I'm here, like you said, build community, you know, hopefully try and reach a few people and introduce them to Jesus and pray with a few people. (laughs) And in your doing that as an establisher, which is what I am really, you will allow other people to flourish. And in their flourishing, they'll reach people. And in their growth and their health and their, you know, personhood and their ability to understand who God's made them to be. Somebody said to me the other day, I want to come to your church. What do you want me to do? I said, absolutely nothing. He said, well, the thing is, you know, I feel like God's given me a year and I really want to. I said, great. What do you want to do? He said, well, I don't really know. I said, great. Well, I'll tell you what, why didn't you come pay us a visit? And then we can have some chats about might you what what well, can't you tell me what what you want me to do? I said no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, and there'd be people say, well, give him something to do on the sound team or the kids' church. I'm like, mm, here's what happens if we go down that route. You end up, I end up, I end up being the person you come to when you have hard questions that you need to answer, and I become a surrogate god for you if i teach you how to think if i teach you how to hear god for yourself if i provide a safe community space for you to take a risk and to try something new you are i i think that's a better gift than me telling you what god wants to do with your life for the rest of your mm. life like that's what i've been a part of i feel like god's saying all right great well he hadn't told me and i'm not sure if that's true and so let's yeah. not, not use that spiritual stuff to get in the way of what God is actually saying in the mm. life. Let people come to the conclusion themselves, teach them how to hear God and to read scripture and to pray and to be in fellowship. And God will make his will known to people. He knows how to speak to people. He's been doing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt, that is awesome. I tell you, what, I'm going to have a hard time. Um, editing this to try and find like a little teaser video because there's just been so much good stuff 
um, that you've shared with us and you've given a huge chunk of your time today. So I'm so grateful for that. It's a, and um, It's a pleasure, man. I, I like talking about it and I appreciate yeah. you, new friend. And, um, <laughs> I, 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 I like, man, you know, it's a... It's been a pleasure and I hope it helps. And, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure uh, it will. Let's, let's keep in touch. And anybody who wants to connect with us, they can do over at King Company in my Instagram. I love having chats with folk. Um, yeah. So what are, just before we close, I suppose two questions. One, not that you haven't given enough already. I always like to ask though, if you could only give one piece, one, if there's one thing, if, you know, if somebody had a gun to your head and said, right, give this guy one piece of advice as they enter church planting, uh, what what would it be? Um, your resources are in your relationships. Your resources, uh, yeah. Please do not, do not plant on your own. Mm. Plant, find as many friends as you can to help you. Mm. All the kingdom mm. is relational. God mm. himself is in community with himself. Perikinesis, mutual indwelling of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The the Godhead mutually indwells. There's there's something in the fabric Mm. of Christianity that is a community sport. God himself is in community with himself. Mm. It's a great lie of the enemy that you have to do it all yourself. Please, Mm. your resources are in your relationships. 100%. Brilliant. Brilliant. And Matt, um, before you go and before i press stop and record and we say bye um how can people can you know we've spoken a bit about kingdom company church and yourself what are the the ways that people can follow you guys and see what you're up to yeah you can um we're over mostly on um instagram and youtube at the minute uh we do have um tiktok and pinterest believe it or not mm. Um, so if you uh, myself is Matthew James Hooper uh, I'm on Instagram and uh, and then kingdom underscore company underscore it's got a big yellow and black uh, logo avatar so you'll be able to connect with us there and we we reply to all our own messages we don't have a a suite of people with you know with uh, headsets doing all our administration it's me and Claire having chats with people on the ground i love it man it's my favorite so awesome yeah brilliant matt thank you so much for today i'm gonna hit stop and record so then we'll say bye properly but once again thank you so much for your time today thank you man thanks for having me on